Welcome to Talking New Energy, a podcast from Delta EE, the new energy experts. We'll be talking about how the energy transition is developing across Europe, with guests who are working at the leading edge of this transition. Hello and welcome to the podcast. We're looking again today at the topic of home energy management and today looking at it from the perspective of two large European energy retailers, Centrica and E.ON. In the next weeks, we'll also be looking at the topic from a few different angles. Why so much attention on home energy management or, or HEM? Well, I think most of you listening will agree that in the long term, we'll have an energy system with many millions of assets across people's homes. Compared to today's system, which is optimized top down, the future energy system will be increasingly optimized bottom up and managing energy flows in the home will be a big part of that. I think predicting the long term with HEM is relatively easy, but predicting the growth of home energy management in the next years and in the medium term is much harder. And as I often say on these podcasts, the energy geeks amongst us need to keep an eagle eye on the customer. What propositions, services and offerings uh, around home energy management will appeal to them? Well, to explore this, I'm joined by three guests, two from Centrica and E.ON and our own in-house expert here at Delta EE. Let's say hello. First, Alex Sillan, founder of E.ON Home and director of product development and software at E.ON Group. Hello, Alex. Hi, John. Alex, tell us a, a bit about your work with home energy management at E.ON. What is it you're doing or involved in? And can you summarize some of E.ON's current HEM activities for us? Yeah, so maybe uh, I would start uh, by saying that a few years ago, E.ON decided to, to enter residential solution space, particularly solar, heating and e-mobility. Uh, currently, we are selling these solutions in 11 countries. And E.ON Home Energy Management Platform is just one year old because that's something we added later. And uh, we already connect thousands of customers' homes in four countries, six by the end of this year. And uh, we plan to add another four uh, by the end of next year. And to make that uh, tangible for our listeners, what does this platform do? So if you're in one of those four countries, what as a homeowner, householder might I be able to do or what can E.ON do for me? Yeah, so we interconnect the, the, the product categories I mentioned, so solar and batteries, uh, heating or cooling devices, any mobility to create uh, the energy network in the house and to better optimize the energy flows, uh, like uh, enhancing and optimizing the consumption, saving money or reducing the environmental impact. Okay, thanks, Alex. We'll, we'll come back to you shortly and learn more about uh, the activities you've talked about. Next, let's say hello to Neil Cody, Director of Product of Home Energy Management at Centrica. Hello, Neil. Hello, John. Um, Neil, can you tell us a bit about where home energy management sits at Centrica? Many of our listeners will know about Centrica's Hive Connected Home business. Does home energy management sit there or is it something different? Right. Well, um, obviously, this is a, a debate we've been we've been having uh, within Centrica, and so we've decided to to bring effectively it all together into into one place. So, 
Hive, British Gas, and uh, also our optimization arm in Centrica Business Services. So it's all sort of coming together for home energy management and EV. We see EV uh, very closely uh, related to home energy management from a from a product perspective as well as a, a technical one. Um, so we're in the process of reorganising right now to bring them under one umbrella. Okay, and in terms of what you're doing with home energy management, are you able to share some highlights of your, your HEM activity? Yes, so uh, I think we're, we've been focused, I guess, more slightly on the separate parts. So one of the things that we've been doing is some grid optimization uh, trial in, in Cornwall, where we're using residential batteries to play in the, nas in the national grid um, frequency response market, so uh, helping there. Um, and then more at the um, customer sort of level, commercial level, we're selling smart water heaters from a company called Mixergy. Uh, again, uh, the, the water heater um, plays in the grid response uh, markets. Um, so that's not only saving customers money on their on their water heating, but they're actually helping the helping the grid. And we're also starting a hybrid heat pump uh, trial very shortly, as well as doing a lot of work um, bringing together ele electric vehicles and um, the Hive ecosystem um, that we already have around device management in the home. Okay, that's quite. It's interesting to hear, Alex. You mentioned um, solar storage and maximising self-consumption, uh, and Neil, you you talked a bit there about uh, services for uh, National Grid, the the TSO. So, in a way, two sides to him: optimising it at the uh, for the benefit of the the householder, but also optimising things for the benefit of the the wider electricity system. Um, We'll unpack that a bit further, but let's go no further without introducing my final guest, um, uh, my Delta EE colleague and HEM expert, Alex Wheel. Hello, Alex. Hi, John. Um, so, Alex, I'll ask you a couple of questions shortly, but first of all, a question for all three of you, and it sounds like a very simple question. I'd like each of you to give me a one-sentence description or definition of home energy management. Sounds simple, but I know it's far from simple. So I'm quite looking forward to seeing uh, what each of you uh, says. Alex, uh, would you like to go first from Eon's perspective? Yeah, in one sentence, I would say that um, we empower the customer to be in control of the clean energy they produce, how they use it, and how they reduce the en environmental impact. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Neil, how about you? Um, for me, it's making all your home heating, cooling and electric mobility investments work together flexibly to increase comfort, reduce carbon footprint and cost. Right. Now you're both managing to lever in a number of uh, aspects there into your one sentence. And Alex, how about yourself? Well, my sentence is probably a little bit shorter and it's the definition that we use at Delta. So for us, home energy management is the dynamic and intelligent management of energy flow flows within the home. Okay, 
Um, so it's interesting to hear Alex and Neil, you both talked to, well, Neil, you mentioned specifically assets like heating, cooling, EV. Um, you didn't mention batteries or solar, Neil. Is that, I guess, not a deliberate omission, but just reflecting the emphasis of your of the UK market or your current activities or focus? It's the, it's the current emphasis rather than any deliberate omission. And it's also to make the sentence shorter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honest. <laughs> okay. Um, Alex, you, you uh, mentioned clean energy produced. Um, so that's, I guess, implies solar. But in Neil highlighted electric vehicles and mobility. Is that an area you're looking at or focusing on at the moment? Yes, of course. And um, uh, one of our goals with energy management is to to connect uh, the two uh, the, the energy source from your solar roof with consuming the energy to charge your car. And um, optimizing uh, this is part of the enabling higher self-consumption from the customer or the, uh, where it, the energy is produced rather than buying from the grid or uh, putting uh, additional pressure to, to the networks. Yeah. Okay. So this, I guess what you've both highlighted there is the growth in things like hybrid heat pumps, Neil, which have electric heating as part of them, um, solar and storage, uh, cooling, electric cooling, electric vehicle charging. And in some countries, there are not so many of these assets in place today. They're, they're growing, but from a small base. Uh, Alex, can you help us understand how many European households already have these large electric loads or uh, potentially PV systems that could in principle be optimized by a, a home energy management system? Are we talking small numbers? Are there already big numbers of assets in homes across Europe? Well, I would say pretty big numbers. Um, so first off, Europe has a very high penetration of electric-based heating um, or cooling for space and hot water purposes. So I'm talking about heat pumps, uh, air conditioning, and things like that. But also the PV, EV and battery markets are growing and will grow even more pushed by government incentives. So to, 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 to put this uh, as a number, we estimated last year that nearly 30 million homes have at least one large electrical load to optimize. Okay, so that's quite a big market to go for already, but I guess it gets really interesting when you have more than one uh, or one big load plus PV. So that's only going to grow as PV and storage and electric vehicles uh, grow. Yeah. Um, and how new a market is this, Alex? When you look across Europe, are there just a handful of companies like E.ON and Centrica optimizing assets or many more than that? Well, it's a very inter interesting question uh, that I've received from several subscribers. And we have recently tried to list all the companies active in the ham space. And while I would say it's a pretty recent uh, activity, we ended up with more than 50 companies active. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and those companies, um, I guess we've got two of them on the, the podcast today, Ewan Centrica, but are they mainly energy retailers or is it a really wide mix? Well, many of them are services or commodity suppliers, uh, 
because I think uh, they are trying to leverage their existing customer base, but I guess our guests can tell us more about that. Um, but we also see electrical OEMs and control manufacturers uh, becoming very active in this space and um, also an increasing number of asset manufacturers, especially HVAC and charge point manufacturers are starting to develop their own solutions. So I would say it's an interesting mix. Okay, and Alex and Neil, I'd like to bring in your perspective at, at this point. So Alex mentioned there the range of companies active from an energy retailer or energy service provider or solutions provider point of view. How do you see your position in the HEM market or how are you approaching the HEM market compared to maybe product manufacturers or controls companies who approach it from a different point of view? Um, yeah, so if I may start, Eon um, connects 50 million houses across Europe, but for the moment, just a fraction of this is connected with the smart meter. And the smart meter, even if doesn't look like it's an important piece of energy management because if we would add this uh, just to, 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 to be part of an energy management system will increase the price and will reduce the benefits of uh, optimizing the energy. So the, the rapid growth of uh, smart meter implementation and rollout uh, in all the countries, it's, it's crucial. And it enables not only energy management and local optimization between devices like solar charging, solar cooling, or um, aligning, I don't know, hot water um, uh, tanks to be warmed during the day from solar power, but also smart tariffs with dynamic mm -hmm. uh, uh, tariffs, which will enable uh, having energy or uh, green energy during night or cheaper prices to charge your car because in the end, it, it's less important to charge the car when you arrive home at six uh, uh, and rather to have it ready in the morning when you go back to, to, to work, uh, if Corona will allow us. Uh, and um, I think uh, this is a very important part and aligning uh, smart metering with tariffs, with energy tariffs, uh, and most of them dynamic, with the devices we sell, install, and optimize in the houses. All these orchestrations should work um, in a orchestrated uh, way and interconnected. Does, does that help to put an energy retailer like Eon in a strong position to, to do all this, Alex, because? This is what we believe, yes. Yeah. And that's why we invest significantly in, in growing the platform and um, uh, you you would see uh, later on probably uh, in the discussion uh, what we did. Yeah. Okay. Neil, what's your your view on that? From because I guess Centrica's developed a smart home business, so you've got a slightly different angle potentially on this. Um, how do you see Centrica's position compared to the range of other companies that are increasingly active in this area? Well. I think it's really, Centrica has sort of a leading position in the UK for smart metering. And I'd echo Alex's points around smart metering. It's a foundation technology that you need to get the uh, the economic and technical sort of underpinnings of all of this. Um, in terms of a retailer, it's important to have the energy retail that gives you the access to customers. 
but also, it's also important to have some kind of service or maintenance uh, capability as well. That's that's really important if you're installing things in people's homes, as well as um, some kind of grid optimization piece as well to to help some of the some of the economics, uh, the longer run economics as well. So the Centrica is really about bringing all of those different pieces together into one sort of easy to understand, easy to use um, product for the for the customer. Okay, so there's three things I think you you mentioned there: uh, being an energy retailer, having that service capability, um, and then being able to leverage some of the grid infrastructure benefits. Um, and which of those, I mean, you, you are a retailer. The other two service isn't that new to Centrica. You're already in people's homes, I guess. Grid That's infrastructure, right. you're active a bit. So do you, do you feel particularly well positioned or where do you think the challenge is for for Centrica around those three or other elements of what you need? Um, I think it's around sort of jo joining it, joining it up. And so we have 3,000 electrical engineers, for example, in, in the UK who can go into homes and, and do electrical work. Um, and so if we were to say, right, well, let's scale up heat pumps, for example, in the UK, um, then there'd be some training for them, but it's, it's within their kind of wheelhouse. Um, we've also got six million devices in homes as well um, through Hive. Um, and so we know how actually one thing that often gets overlooked in, in the home energy management domain is it's actually quite difficult to have devices in people's homes and have them remain connected 24 mm. 7, 365. It's quite a difficult technical environment um, to yeah. play in. Um, and that's something that's of, often overlooked. So it's really about bringing all of that um, together um, into a, uh, a coherent product and a, a, a robust offering for customers. Alex, what's your take on that in terms of those three legs of the stool of energy retail, service provision and uh, grid infrastructure or the, the balancing on ancillary services. Is that how you see it or do you have a different take on it? Yeah, I cannot agree more with Neil. Really. Um, oh, that's having... very disappointing. I was, look, I was looking for a bit of debate and disagreement. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe the fight will come later, I don't know. But now I need to fully agree that it's very hard to maintain um, um, hundreds of thousands of millions of devices working properly, always connected, transmitting data in real time. When what I would like to see to say is that the people perception, customer perception was changed 15, 20 years ago when the mobile phones started to be connected and to offer us real time connectivity to everything. And now the expectation of our customers is that the same is applied to their gas boiler or heat pump or air conditioning or car charger or solar panels or battery, they want everything to be now ready. Even if they don't use it, they want to know that it's ready for them to use or to access or to transparently see what's happening in the house. Do they want it to work together, do you think, Alex? So, because I yes. will come to my home so, in the future, I've, I've got a hybrid heat pump, I've got PV, I'm hopefully this year getting an electric car. I could, 
you know, they could be connected separately and I could receive separate services around that connectivity. But I guess you would argue there are benefits to optimizing the three of them together. Yeah, certainly. Certainly this is the situation. Um, most of the devices are getting better individually. Are getting better, are optimized, the gas boiler uh, got condensation or some other uh, nicer, I don't know, even sensors on the outside to um, manage the load curve based on the temperature. But mm -hmm. the beauty comes when we interconnect elements and you start using uh, in uh, orchestration and alignment between uh, when the car is charging versus when the heating is used. Yeah. And when the availability of power or cheaper power from the grid uh, it's coming or it's forecasted to, to be generated from your roof. So you, you get to the next level of energy optimization only by connecting multiple devices yeah, and services. Okay. okay. Um, so if we can't get some disagreement, maybe let's get some excitement. My next question is about excitement. Um, I'd like uh, all three of you to to share a bit about what propositions you're excited about um, or yeah what propositions probably from Alex and Neil your point of view that you're you have in the market that you're developing maybe expanding on what you mentioned earlier and Alex from looking across Europe which hem propositions you're most excited about um, Alex, let, let's start with you from looking across Europe and then go to Neil and then Alex. Yeah, so maybe the the most exciting is uh, solar storage, which is also with, uh, enabled by us on a virtual way. So mm -hmm. with uh, uh, virtual solar cloud, uh, as we call the product, which allows the customer to store the excess energy in a virtual battery and they can use it anytime later. Of course, there are variations of this product uh, enabling uh, multiple customers to do this and I hope in the near future to uh, to launch it um, as well uh, but probably the um, the rapid growth is coming from electric mobility hmm. and this is accelerating even more I think this year and we see everywhere the growth in uh, number of electric cars sold and all of them needs to be charged somewhere and most of the time daily and uh, that's why having propositions which are allowing customers to charge at home and on the go, it's something which we uh, are proud to, to, to have enabled uh, across Europe. And we even have, uh, we call it electric highway from North to Southern Europe, yeah. uh, covering thousands of uh, charging points. And I guess that can be integrated with your solar and storage offering. So I could park yes, my excess solar on the grid and use it to charge my car later as well. Yes, some propositions are available now, some are on a, uh, in our sandbox testing and it yeah. will be launched soon, but yeah, pretty much that's the direction. Okay, Neil, what are you excited about? Well, um, yes, again, I'm going to agree with Alex around the EV uh, <laughs> side of it. So we're, we're, um, we're pushing really hard on the, on the electric mobility side and we have relationships with many large car uh, manufacturers um, and I guess what excites me is that there's various different kinds of um, propositions that are related to each um, car manufacturer of course but it's just building um, 
the the infrastructure into the lease of the car, um, building that in. And what we're finding as well, which we can't, you know, I suppose everybody knew, but is if you, you get an electric car, it's like a gateway to getting a lot of this other, like solar and a battery perhaps, or, or, or maybe a, a heat pump, um, that people then start become becoming a lot more interested in their in their energy use. Okay, are you so, seeing that already in terms of sales or in interest or seeing the first little little in, shoots yeah, of that interest? Yeah, def definitely in in, in interest. Uh -huh. um, and it, it makes sense. It might be because the current EV, people that are, are leasing and buying EVs right now are the, are the sort of the they are the early adopters. But yep. we we would expect that to move into to fast followers um, fairly fairly quickly as, as EVs um, come down in, in cost. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Alex, what about you? What are, what are you excited about? What catches your eye when you're looking across Europe? Um, I think any proposition bringing not only value to the end customer, but also to the grids um, is really interesting to me. Um, I think you mentioned that today's energy system is optimized top-down, but in the future will be more bottom-up. And we've seen that Europe is really on the track of electrifying transport, heating, um, big incentives are, are produced uh, these days. So I feel like having some kind of proposition able to cope with this increasing amount of appliances, and I agree when our guests say that EV is probably going to be a big thing, but also heating, electric heating, anything that can help support the grid while uh, providing comfort to the customer is is really the thing to keep an eye on. And I guess if you can package all that up in one simple proposition, it might be a tariff, it might be a fixed bill, um, then it really simplifies it for the customer and potentially makes it much more easy for them to understand and access. Yeah, absolutely. You always have to keep the, the customer journey in mind. They probably don't want to know exactly how their heat pump can provide flexibility to the grid, but you can still bring them value and make them happy with a, a package bringing value to the grid. Okay, well, in we've got excited by these um, propositions, by the way the market's going, particularly around electric vehicles. I'd like to quickly talk about challenges before we get the crystal ball out. So um, Neil and Alex, I'd like you to think about challenges. Maybe it'd be interesting to hear any that specifically apply to a, a mass market energy retailer. Um, and Alex, one or two generic challenges for the, the sector. Um, Alex, let's start with you from Eon's perspective. What, what's your number one or number one and number two challenges in this area? Yeah, I think one one big challenge is the fragmentation of technology and lack of standardization, uh, which put a lot of pressure on, on our side to when we interconnect uh, different uh, devices from different brands uh, to, to standardize and align all this. It's, it's taking a lot of effort. Uh, that's one. And um, maybe I would also a call here the regulation which is still not aligned at european level um, sometimes is uncertain 
and with sudden changes which is not uh, really enabling i don't know a medium long term um, thinking or stability in the business cases because everything requires huge investments on our side yeah. and i imagine those challenges won't go go away quickly we're not going to see rapid progress in standardization and i can also imagine we'll see uncertain regulation because it's hard for regulators to get their heads around yeah um, Neil, how about you? Uh, biggest challenge or top two challenges? Well, re regulators like to see evidence, um, don't they? Which is fair. Um, and so I, I think some things will be solved uh, over time as long as we um, we give the regulators the right the right evidence. So, uh, what, what one example I think is we're, we're running a hybrid heat pump trial to to uh, provide evidence um, to the UK government that um, that we can run them in a way that doesn't um, emit um, as much carbon as they they think they do um, so that that's an example of finally of having a regulatory problem and then and then trying to solve it um, other kind of more I suppose policy or economic drivers are there is the fundamentals around the difference in price between gas uh, and electricity, certainly in the UK. So in the Netherlands, for example, um, it's uh, gas is um, about half the price of electricity, whereas in the UK it's a quarter. And that just makes heat pumps very difficult to go yeah. up against uh, yep. gas. So there's some fu fundamentals there. Um, and I think the technical barriers, some of those will be overcome with with, with time. So as we've seen with the, the national grid, they need very expensive equipment to go onto the batteries, to go into their, to go into the um, national grid pools. But over time, they'll trust that the individual batteries are, are, are okay. They're going to work when they're called upon and they won't need that expensive equipment. So I, th I think some... Okay. Some of the technical barriers will um, be solved with time. So uh, I guess an emphasis of what you've been saying, Neil, is that this is new. It's going to, some people will see uncertainty in it, but over time that uncertainty, people will get comforted, they'll understand it more, and that uncertainty will decrease. Um, exactly. Alex, from, from your perspective, uh, talk, uh, the companies that you're talking with, uh, what challenge would you draw out? Well, probably the one that was mentioned by Alex around standards. Mm. Uh, there is a real lack of standards uh, in the energy industry in general, not just in home energy management. And it makes things really difficult when uh, companies want to put together a home solution integrating different assets, different appliances from different manufacturers, because those assets are usually not interoperable. So for us, that's the largest barrier the industry needs some kind of standards. Oh, and I can come in. Got it. Yep. Come in there on that one. So, um, in in the UK, there's a catchily titled um, Pass 1878 standard, um, and I, and I sit on that group, which is an which is an attempt to standardise the exposure of flexibility of energy devices in the home. So it's not finished yet. It's too early to say whether it'd be successful. Um, 
but it's sponsored by the UK government. And I think it's a good attempt um, to address some of this, the, the, these problems. Um, and it should enable you to change your uh, flexibility provider as well. Once you've got all this equipment, um, you can go to different people to effectively kind of run it for you. Okay, so yeah. trying to make it plug and play, I guess, Neil. Yes. Now, whether it gets that far, is yep. guess, but it's a, it's a step in the right direction. Well, we're planning a, a episode soon on uh, this whole topic because I think it's uh, if we start to unpack it, we'll be here for another half hour. Um, <laughs> so now let's bring out the talking new energy crystal ball and set the dial to 2025 and. I'm going to use my house as an example. So uh, even in a cold, cloudy, rainy Glasgow where I live, I've got PV panels on my roof. I've recently installed a hybrid electric heat pump gas boiler system. And I'm planning to buy or subscribe to an electric vehicle uh, this year. No plans for a battery yet, but let's see. So in 2025, what sort of proposition will I be able to sign up to from a large energy retailer? Um, so let's see what Eon and Centrica could offer me and Alex, what you think I'll be able to buy on the market or get from the, get on the market from, from energy retailers. Um, and try and make it your description as customer centric, uh, I guess uh, around the proposition as you can. Alex, let's start with you. What would I, what might I be able to get from Eon in 2025 or a company like Eon? Yeah, so it's 2025, time passes. So <laughs> um, I would like to buy a product which can adjust to my needs, preferences and circumstances. What do I mean with this is that sometimes you need more heating or more uh, cooling or more energy to charge your car. And these preferences are changing because sometimes you are on holiday, sometimes you are on a working from home or you have a day off. And circumstances changes as well because you add a car and so on and so forth. And I want the tariff to be dynamic and to adjust to my needs. Would it do automatically for me? Yes. Okay. Uh, I want, as a customer, I would also want to buy specific type of energy. Uh, so Echo, it's it's nice, and now uh, most of the companies, including Eon, it's offering Echo uh, tariffs, and uh, all our customers are enjoying this already in UK. Uh, but I would like maybe to be more specific and to buy uh, hydro energy or solar and or wind, and this should be also able. Um, I want to share my excess power, access power with friends and family, or why not to donate it? I want to be able to um uh, to use my energy uh, which i uh, uh, generate during summer uh, in the in the winter where the darker uh, period is not uh, sufficient enough to uh, generate electricity from my house and i want to monetize uh, devices i want to monetize my car because the car is connected to my charger 15 hours per day maybe and mm, I, I want to make money with it I would like to make money with extra money with my battery, which initially uh, I acquired back in 2020. I acquired it to um, to store my energy, but now it's 2025, and I want to sell some of the energy when the grid needs instead of 
starting some coal-based power plants which are polluting. So I think the flexibility of uh, how to use and how to engage with my products should be the key. And I want to be in a very easy to uh, understand way because most of the time it's cryptic and only the engineers or early adopters uh, would understand how to use and why to use certain uh, features. I want to be mass market. I want everyone to be able to uh, to do this. Okay, well, that's a really exciting vision you've outlined, Alex. I think that um, we'll, well, I was going to say turn the energy system on its head, but we're very, very much moving from this top-down system to a bottom-up system. Um, so I'm looking forward to EON's offer in 2025 and how it, um, what you described. Neil, how about from your perspective, what would a company like Centrica be able to offer me in 2025? Well, as you already have some home energy management equipment, um, we'd be able to come in and um, maybe analyze your, your smart metering um, data and then make you an offer and say, okay, John, um, pay us this set amount uh, every every month. And for that, you get all of your uh, energy effectively. We'll look after everything. We'll maintain everything, make sure it's it, it's, it, it's all working. If anything goes wrong, we'll fix it um, immediately. And then we can also do things like, well, we can take your hybrid heat pump and make sure that we run that at the lowest CO2 impact possible if that's that's what, what, what you like. Um, we'll also do some tight integration depending on the EV uh, manufacturer that you've that you decided to go for. Um, Still debating that might, one now. You will, yeah. Um, <laughs> but depending on our relationship with them, we might be able to say, oh, okay, well, the car is, you know, 100 miles away. Um, the car has just told the, the home actually it's 100 miles away, it's going to come back with roughly this amount of state of charge, and then we'd optimise the home um, for you and run the heat pump and what, and what have you based on that and, and, and a battery based on that information. We could probably also offer you um, a battery, as you say, you're, you're, that's something you haven't got, um, either for the same amount every month that you just sign a longer contract with us, um, okay. And we just amortize that over the over the length of that contract. Some people like that, some people don't. Um, or you, or, or of course, you could just um, go for go for an outright purchase. But the idea would be you'd have just one overall arching service that just looks after everything. We do a lot of the optimization of those optimizations that Alex was talking about. We do all that in the background for you. So a simple all-in package. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Neil. And Alex, what would what do you think I'll be able to get? I mean, maybe the same as what uh, Alex and Neil have just described, or anything additional you'd like to highlight? I think you could actually get a peace of mind uh, package. So it would include some kind of home energy management system, optimizing your different appliances together and matching your preferences in terms of green energy supply or something else, and what sort of things that you would like to do with the different appliances. But you would also have in this package everything 
to be at peace at home. So it would be maintenance if you need to maintain your appliances or even your home and you would have insurance in that. And commodity provision or peer-to-peer -peer energy trading if you'd like to have it. So pretty okay. much everything in one package. Okay. Um, well, I don't think, I think I'm right in saying that I can't get this today, although I'm sure someone's going to message me and correct me. Um, I probably can get this actually from one or two closed ecosystem providers, but having already got a PV system and a hybrid heat pump and uh, I'll get a charger and car soon. I'm looking forward to the time when someone can come in and help me optimize all of these to work together in the way that all three of you had described. So I think that's a, a really optimistic and exciting note to, to end on. We're entering a new paradigm in the energy system and home energy management will very definitely be a central part of that. So uh, thank you so much to, to Alex, to Neil, and to Alex for joining me today and sharing your perspectives. Um, Alex and Neil wishing you uh, the best of uh, luck and success in your activities with Eon and Centrico. Thank you as always to everyone for joining the podcast today and listening. If you've uh, liked it, then please do rate it um, or send messages with suggestions for episodes you'd like to see in the future and look forward to welcoming you back to the episode next week. Thanks and goodbye. If you're as passionate about the energy transition as we are, then please keep in touch. You can follow us and me on Twitter, LinkedIn, or subscribe to the podcasts on your chosen podcast platform. If you like the podcasts and like sharing, then please do rate us. And to listen to archived episodes, to read transcripts, and to see the latest Delta EE insights, then please visit www.delta-ee.com. Thank you.